Welcome to the Diz Love Podcast with Vanessa and Chris. I'm Vanessa Ferguson. And I'm Chris Johns. We would like to welcome you to show number 119. And for any listeners joining us for the first time, our show features things we love at Disney. And in each episode, we typically have a guest who creates Disney magic for our listeners at home or on their Disney vacations. From vacation planners to product producers, our guests can bring Disney magic into your life. And as a reminder to our listeners, we appreciate if you can take time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform where you listen. That just helps new listeners find the show and of course helps the show grow. And before we get to this week's special episode, Chris, we have a message from our friends at OrlandoVacation.com. The message is save money. You know, the great thing about OrlandoVacation.com is that they have awesome properties all throughout Central Florida, close to Disney, close to Universal, close to the places you want to be. And the wonderful thing is if you use the code DISLOVE, D-I-S-L-O-V-E, you're going to save 5% off your next order of any three-night or more booking. And you're not going to go to Central Florida for less than three nights, so it's going to apply to you. (laughs) And so the awesome thing is, you know, the great thing is about OrlandoVacation.com is that Vanessa and I, we stayed in their properties, brand new, wonderful, beautiful. Would you know, be fun with a group. Exactly. And not only that, but the properties are big enough for a group. So yes. it's one of those things too where if you want to, again, in this economy, save a couple of dollars, you know, maybe buy groceries, cook at the room, go to the park and enjoy your time. That's why OrlandoVacation.com is the best place to go. And not only can they help you with rooms, they can help you with tickets. And again, that's Dislove, D-I-S-L-O-V-E. Use that code. It's going to save you money and you're going to save. Awesome. Thank you so much, OrlandoVacation.com. All right. And on today's show, this is going to be the conclusion of our special three-part review of our Disney Cruise Line Alaskan Cruise that took place at the end of August, beginning of September. In this episode, we're going to discuss the ports of call and the excursions we went on during the cruise. Now, we'll also talk about all the ports of call that Disney visits in Alaska. But of course, we're going to spend the most time talking about the ones we visited. We were on a seven-night sailing out of Vancouver. Now, there are some shorter trips that are only five nights out of Vancouver that go to less ports. There's also a few seven and seven, eight and nine night sailings that visit a few additional ports. But ours was kind of in that sweet spot in the middle. We visited the most popular ones and the ones that are most visited by Disney Cruise Line. So hopefully it can give you a good perspective. I'm just going to give a brief overview. I'm not going to tell you every single sailing and what ports are on them. But I am going to give you a brief overview of the the actual ports that Disney does visit. And the first ones are ones that we visited. So they go to Ketchikan, they go to Skagway, Juneau, and then Dawes Glacier. We ended up at a different glacier, but that's a different (laughs) different time. They also go to Icy Strait Point as well as they go to Sitka. So there is a great variety. And if you go on the very long one, they also hit up one more glacier, which is Hubbard Glacier. So it's kind of nice, depending on if you've been to Alaska before, and you want to see a few more ports, Disney offers that experience. If you are someone who's maybe on a tighter budget or doesn't have as much time, you can go on those five night cruises and hit those main ones, catch a can, and then of course the glacier. So we're going to look at the ones we went to specifically on our cruise and give you a little more detail. 
All right, so looking at our sailing, we went to Dawes Glacier, Skagway, Juneau, and Ketchikan. And actually, we ended up, we didn't go to Dawes Glacier, we ended up going to Sawyer Glacier. And I guess depending on weather and ice conditions, your captain will kind of decide which one we went to. And from what we understand, where we ended up going is one of the most picturesque ones. So where we went to Sawyer Glacier, it's an area called Tracy Arm. So that's a fjord. What favorite Disney film talks about the fjords? Frozen. Yes. <laughs> so it was only fitting. We'll talk a little bit about what happened on that day. But so Sawyer Glacier has like a north and a south end. The south end is a little bit harder to get to. So the north end is where we ended up going. And it's just beautiful. We'll share lots of wonderful pictures, but it's a cobalt blue. And the face of the glacier is pretty big. It's half a mile wide. And one of the neat things is that with Disney, when you get there, you can actually take a smaller boat as an excursion right up to the glacier. We had some friends that did that and they said it was an awesome experience. We personally just stayed on the ship and I thought that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever saw in person myself. Very nice. And one of the neat things is that we talked a little bit about characters and experiences on there, but something that is so unique to not just Disney, but to Disney Alaskan cruises is the characters have special outfits that they go on deck that day. So when whatever glacier you're visiting, they go up on deck and you're able to get photos with some of the beautiful scenery so Mickey in his yellow slicker, Minnie in her fur like coat, and it and um just super super cute. Goofy has like a white, almost reminds me of like a skiing kind of outfit. Just really fun outfits. And this area is so beautiful because as you're going in, you go in and out of the what's called Tracy Arm and it's 30 miles long. So you see waterfalls, you see rocks or rocks, <laughs> ice all over with um, lots of seals and other animals. At this time, people saw a lot of birds and different things. So it was just so beautiful. And it's really that picturesque Alaska, that untouched wilderness that you can't experience if you go to Alaska by car. You just can't get to some of these places. So depending on the time of year you go, so earlier in this season, you see the seal pups, which would have been super cool. We were later in the season. So of course, they were a little bit bigger by that point. But it's just super beautiful. And I think if you haven't been there, it was very unfortunate. The cruise right after us was a DVC sailing and there was some issues at the port where they left late. From what I understand, they missed that excursion. And it's very unfortunate because I think that was one of the most beautiful things that we saw while we were on oh, our it trip. it was awesome. Now, the next day, we so once you have two sea days, and then you start these excursions. So you hit the glacier the first day, the first excursion. Then the next day, we went to Skagway. And Chris, I'm going to ask you some trivia. Out of all the ports that we went to, what is the unique fact about Skagway? I don't know. It was the only port we visited that was accessible by car. Wow. 
So it's the only one that has a road that you can actually get to. And one of the things about this is kind of neat. If you are a literature fan, Jack London's book, The Call of the Wild, is located is in this setting. It's um it's part of the Alaska Panhandle. And when we were there, it was just fun because they have a wide variety of things there. If you want to go see nature things, if you want to do go into the Yukon, you can do that on some trains. There's also, um, it's just unique because this is really where that Klondike gold rush started, where people, it was a starting point for people. So I'm just going to briefly talk about some of the excursions and then we'll look at the ones we specifically went to. So the two that we did on our trip, we went to the Klondike campfire breakfast at Liarsville, and then we did the White Pass and Yukon Route Railway Railroad. So the breakfast was super fun. We're not early morning people usually. No, we're not. And this was an early morning excursion, but it worked out great because we were doing the train in the afternoon. We had um, so you take a bus and they take you to this place called Liarsville. And do you remember why it was called Liarsville? Yeah, because they tried to. They told all these fantastic tales to get people to come and work and do stuff in the area. And my undergrad degrees in journalism, so I can despair the journalists at the time. They would stay at camp at this base camp, and they would write all these tall tale stories and send them back to the lower states to have articles published about how easy and accessible the Yukon was and how it was super easy to get up into where you would look for gold and they were at the base camp. They never left this area. So that was kind of an interesting story here. And when we were there, they have shows throughout the day. We did the breakfast, which included steak, eggs, and sourdough pancakes. And Chris, by special request, I think certain times of year, they have them all the time. What did you get your favorite? Blueberry pancakes. Yeah. So I don't like blueberry pancakes, but I love pancakes. And the sourdough pancakes, the plain ones were fantastic. How were the blueberry ones, Chris? Delicious. (laughs) So they cook the steak right on the open fire. It's really you load up as much as you want and they have music and singing. And then we went and panned for gold. And I have a very sad fact about the gold that we panned. We found some gold, but Chris, do you know what the sad fact is about our gold? No, tell me. I lost our gold. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So I would have been a terrible uh, person during the gold rush because we did find a little bit of gold when we did gold panning, but we lost. I lost it. So this was a great, I highly suggest visiting there. You don't have a lot of time if you go to the breakfast, but that was okay because it got us in and out and done and ready for the rest of the day. The people there are great. It's really well worth the money. We booked it through Disney. You can book some of their things later in the day, some of their regular meals and that directly through them. And that's something we'll talk about a little bit as well. I think you should do your research and your homework when it comes to the excursions and the ports of call, because some of the things you can book on your own and it can save you money sometimes. Sometimes it can just get you a little bit ahead if you have a lower castaway club level. Now, the highlight of that day, I think, was the White Pass and Yukon Route Railway Railroad. And this is really amazing. We do a, I don't, I, Chris likes trains. Yeah, they're nice. And we've done quite a few unique train rides in the U.S. We've done one in 
We did one in Colorado. We've done one in the Smoky Mountains. We've done one in Delaware. I feel like I'm forgetting another. Vermont. Vermont. We And Chris has done some out like in Nevada. So trains is kind of a thing that we've done a lot of. And this definitely ranked, I think, as one of my favorite train trips. What You're a train guy. What would you say? Oh, this was definitely top 10. <laughs> top 10. <laughs> top 10 train trip. <laughs> okay. I would rank it a little higher than top 10. But let's just give you some facts about this. So this was a, it's a narrow gauge train. And for anybody, what it just means it's not as wide. And it was built in 1898. The sad story is, is that it was finished like two years after the gold rush ended because they started it. But of course, it wasn't done in time. It We went on a three and a half hour trip and you go by some falls, some you go, you can see actually some of the original trail that the individuals who were going into the Yukon to seek gold took. There's an area, it's very sad, it's called Dead Horse Gulch, where a huge amount of animals and people passed away trying to get through. Very treacherous. And it's just unbelievable to see and imagine that people did this trail by foot or by pack animal to make it through. And there was one very sad thing that we learned at the end. And what was the fact, because the trains had modified routes this year, um, the Canadian government was still not letting train travel cross over into the Canadian border. And what providence did we miss going into this year, Chris? The Yukon. Yes, we found her about five miles out of the Yukon, which is very sad because we have a friend that was born there and we just wanted to say we had been there. And unfortunately, the train this year turned around and we just missed it. But the train trip, the the cars are very nice. We were able to, they provide you water. We brought on a few snacks. The restroom facilities were fine. I I'm not one for public bathrooms, but we had our daughter with us. So I definitely had to use those. They were fine. It was just uh, one of the highlights of the trip. And Chris met a person who took some amazing photos, which hopefully maybe I can share a few of his photos too from the trip. Definitely. And he was on our Disney cruise. And so it was just a wonderful experience. And we got back into town. We still had a little bit of time left in port. So my parents actually went back to the ship and our daughter went back with them. But we took some time and we walked around town. We had Alaskan fry bread, which if you could, you'll see the signs, get the Alaskan fry bread. You know how much we love food. And I thought that was one of my favorite snacks during the trip. What did you think, Chris? It was delicious. Yes. So it's You'll have to try it. It's kind of a cross between an elephant ear and a, it's not crisp like an elephant ear. It's more like a funnel cake, but it's, it's just, it's very tasty. I suggest you go, go try it out. So Skagway was the second port you could say that we visited. Then we went to Juneau and I already gave you this information, Chris, but why don't you share with our audience, what's the fact about Juneau? It is the only state capital inaccessible by road. Correct. So that was kind of a cool fact to know. And it is a, here's another fact, Chris. The Juneau is the largest state capital in area, like in, in square miles. Yes. Guess what state it's larger than? I think that's pretty easy. Rhode Island. Delaware. A little bigger. According to the internet, Rhode Island. <laughs> Oh, no, I hope that wasn't one of your questions. 
According to the internet, Rhode Island. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see what we get later. Um, and then, of course, it one interesting thing is it's bordered on one side by Canada. And it, so that's the only, here's another fact, it's the only U.S. capital located at an international border. So, of course, Juneau's the state capital. There's a lot of um, seats of government there and government buildings, that sort of thing. We did a, we did a, excursion that included first off our original excursion got canceled so we picked something that was similar we did one that was and if you are if you aren't familiar with an alaskan cruise or disney's cruises there's codes for the different excursions we did it's the code ju so for juno ju22 which was whale watching the salmon big and mendenhall glacier and so the morning started off they took us you're you're by motor coach the whole time they pick you up at the port they take you by motor coach which this port is pretty far from the main downtown area it would be a walk i think our bus driver said it was maybe a 20 minute walk if you wanted to walk back to the ship so they take you by motor coach for whale watching and we were in the Auk Bay Harbor and we had a great excursion. It was about two hours long. We saw humpback whales. We did see orcas, which I guess is not always the case. We saw bald eagles, of course, a huge amount of bald eagles throughout the town. And really, they follow like safe whale watching practices. We've done whale watching in Maine. We also did whale watching in, well, we were supposed to do whale watching in Hawaii, but swells came in from Tahiti and apparently you can't go out on boats when that happens. So we've seen whales in Maine now and now in Alaska. So it was fun. I enjoyed it. I don't know that I'm a person that would always be on the edge about whales, but I'm good. I saw yeah, whales. Yeah, I saw free willy. I saw <laughs> whales in the ocean. I'm good. Yeah. So it was fun though. And then they pick you up from the whale watching. They take transport you to Mendenhall Glacier. And this is the only glacier that you can walk up to, which is pretty cool. By walk up to, you're not right up at it the way they have it set up, but you have a good view of it. There's also some falls. The one thing that was that wasn't the best is you don't have a ton of time at the glacier. I would have liked to been able to hike to the falls, but you probably would have had it needed another hour. There was also an area where you could go see um, salmon spawning and my parents walked over there, but we went to the visitor center and listened to some of the talks. So you don't have a lot of time at Mendenhall Glacier, but we'll share. We had some really great pictures there. It was very beautiful. And I think when you go to Alaska, I think you have to go to a couple of glaciers. That's my opinion. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So you make it to the glacier. And then from there, they drive you back into town and you go to Gold Creek Salmon Bake. And this was wonderful. I thought that, I mean, I like salmon, but salmon is not my go-to. I'm not a huge seafood person, but the grilled salmon was awesome. It was right. Um, an open grill almost reminds me of like an Ohana-esque. They had a chicken that was okay, but then they had rice and all gratin potatoes, lots of other sides. There was even salmon in one of the coleslaws. Like it was just very tasty. They have a blueberry cake and you also can get they have where you can get 
stuffed like little s'mores kits and they have campfires going. It was a little bit rainy by that point in the day. That was the first time we had had rain at all. And we went and we roasted marshmallows and had s'mores, which I thought that was fun. Our daughter enjoyed that a lot. And the staff there were very nice. The family who runs it and then the workers they have. Everybody was super nice. We had some great conversations with some of the employees there. And I thought it was a overall great experience. You can walk back. There's an old mine site there. And there's uh, what's called Salmon Creek Waterfall, which is really pretty. It was misting at that point, but we walked back there. We got some nice, some nice pictures. I think they also have gold pan gold panning kits. We didn't do it there since we had done it at Liarsville, but I enjoyed the salmon bake a lot. Now you're a little fussier about stuff in terms of value for that. Did you think the salmon bake was nice? Oh, it was delicious. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, it was very good filling. And then the buses come on a regular basis, so you can stay as long or as short as you want to. So then we headed back and moving on to our final port of call, which was Ketchikan. And it's considered the salmon capital of the world. This one is in southeast Alaska and also not of it. You cannot get to it by car. So one of the things here is it is a fishing hub. So really, when you come in, I think it was the I don't want to use the word cute, but it was the cutest port. I thought catch a can when we went in. It just really looks like an old fishing town. Definitely. From from the water. And here we did a couple of different things. We did have the misfortune of having a lot of rain this day. Well, I, It was the first day that we had a lot of correct. rain. Correct. I mean, it, it, it rains a rainy. lot. I mean, yeah. We actually caught it at an abnormal time where it did not rain that much. Correct. Yeah. So it, really, if anything, we had a abnormal Alaska experience. I think the traditional Alaskan experience would have been Downpour. a lot of rain. It's just more like being able to do things in between rain showers. So, but that said, it was not that bad. So the irony is the rain came and we got a lot of rain when we went to the Rainforest Sanctuary <laughs> in Totem Park. And if you're keeping track of the Disney codes, it's K as in kite E11. So KE11. And it's a rainforest sanctuary in Totem Park. And I enjoyed this. I probably might have enjoyed it more if it wasn't torrential downpour. But a couple of nice things is I think most people don't realize that there are rainforests in areas that are not very warm. And the rainforest sanctuary is beautiful. It's very well protected and you see uh, we didn't see a lot of wildlife I think probably because of the rain but they provide you with we had ponchos and some things but they give you some ponchos which was great because then we didn't have to dig ours out and deal with wet ones they have boxes that they will put if you have any snacks or things you don't want to get wet and then they have them when you get off the trail which is nice it was probably about a 30 minute walk through the maybe a little more through the rainforest. You have a guide who tells you all about the flora and fauna and about the other wildlife. And what was the really cool, I don't know if they're insects or what they're classified as that we saw. A slug. Yeah, a banana slug. So there's these giant slugs. They're about the size of an average person's palm of their hand, and they are really big, but slugs, and they're from, they're in the Pacific, I looked it up afterwards, they're in the Pacific Northwest as well as up into Alaska, and these slugs are what pollinates most of the plants within the rainforest. So it was super cool to see, 
I think the Alaska Rainforest Sanctuary does a great job. It's in the Tongass National Rainforest. And really, you're there for close to an hour because they take you through, you go over part of what's called Eagle Creek, which is part of a salmon hatchery. So we got this again was around the time that the salmon were spawning. So we got to see that. You end at this old sawmill, which has some amazing totems that have been made. And one of the things that is super cool is you get to see how they make them, as well as being able to see the finished products. So I really enjoyed that. That was really the place that we saw the most totems because of course they do them there. And the gentleman who who does them usually is there, but he had a family member had passed away. So he was unfortunately not there. But we did get to see his work and they explained to us how that process was. So that was wonderful. And you also go through the Alaska Raptor Center, which was neat because they bring in birds that have been injured. So we saw a hawk, a bald eagle, and I think there was another bird. What Do you remember what the third bird was? No. So there was three birds. I'll find the pictures and I'll share them with all of you. And they rehabilitate them in ones that aren't able to be released in the wild. They'll live their lives out there. So that was super cool because you got to be right up by a bald eagle that you wouldn't have gotten to see in the wild. So that was awesome. And we continued on. We had more time in that in that port. So what we did is we were drenched at this point. And the nice thing is when you do the excursions through Disney, they take you right back to where the ship is. So we were able to run in. We spent, I think, maybe an hour back on the ship. Definitely. And we got changed into dry clothes and we ordered room service, room service 24-7, except for your last day. Highly recommend getting room service. We got lunch sent. We got it for all of us because my parents were with us too. All five of us, we had the food. We called it in as soon as we got in. We then finished getting ready and the food was there in time for us to eat it and then time to be able to head back out. And what we did, the second thing we did was the Great Alaskan Lumberjack Show. There is an exclusive Disney show that I think is the last one of the day. It was at like 4 or 4.30. For the Disney codes, it's KE, so for Catch a Can, KE41. I booked directly with the Alaskan Lumberjack Show, which was helpful because we are only silver level for Castaway Club. So we were able to book this directly with them, and I booked ahead of other Silver Club members. So I don't think we really saved a lot, but we were able to book ahead and guarantee that we had a spot. The one thing that was unfortunate is the Alaska or the exclusive Disney show includes a visit by a special Disney guest. And because it was raining, the Disney guest didn't make an appearance. So that was quite a bummer. Now, the show is fun. I think everyone, I have some family that live in Alaska now, and they always tell people you have to go to a lumberjack show. I think it's just one of those cheesy tourist things you have to mark off the list. I think it's one of those quintessential Alaska experiences that was just a fun all around. They do some competitive things. They show you the different processes. I enjoyed the show. What did you think about the Alaskan Lumberjack? It was very nice. Yeah, so it's only about an hour long. But afterwards, they had an optional add-on. And what did we do after, Chris? Axe throwing. Yes, so it wasn't very much. I think it was like $15 per adult. So my parents were gracious enough to take our daughter back with them. And we did axe throwing. And I think there's a group of 10. They show you how to do it. You do it a few times and they have you score. And 
There was a certain person in our party who did quite well. Who was that? That'd be me, Bullseye. And you beat out the rest of our group, didn't you? Of course I did. And he got a really cool little carved axe that says um, the name of the Alaskan Lumberjack show on it. So he was the axe throwing champion of our group. So that was pretty fun and exciting. And we had a little bit of extra time after that show. We walked around the town, bought some souvenirs, additional souvenirs, because it was our last port. One advantage of going later in the season, some of the shops were having sales on some stuff because I think we were maybe two or three weeks out from the end of the season. And we were able to get some shirts and picture frames and gifts for some other people and magnets and that sort of thing in town. And overall, that was a Ketchikan's a really nice city. I think you could even just walk around there and do some stuff. I don't think you'd have to necessarily book any excursion. Seemed like a very pedestrian-friendly area. Yes, it is. And a fun little thing is we bought a, we did buy a totem there to have because that, as we had mentioned in one of the earlier episodes, this marked our visit to the 50th state, and we wanted something to commemorate that trip by. So we bought a totem from a wonderful shop there. And overall, it was really nice to, I think that was a great port to end because it was so picturesque. And it's all those things that you think of when you think of a picture of what an Alaskan town would look like. So overall, if you had to pick, what was your favorite port? If you had, I mean, counting the glaciers, a port. So Skagway. Skagway. Why'd you pick? the? Well, we got to walk around a lot and it was nice. So the The weather was, I mean, the weather was nice and we did the train. And then we did some other things, and it was a very nice town. Yeah, I would say I agree with that. Skagway was nice. To me, Juno, the glacier was really cool, but I didn't feel like I got a – it was more of a – when you drove through the city, it didn't seem – is it wrong to say it didn't seem like it was very Alaska? Like, Juno just seemed like a big – Yeah, it seems like like Michigan's capital is Lansing. If you were driving through parts of Juneau, like, oh, this is Lansing. Um, But it's not. You just have some mountains in the background. (laughs) Um, But overall, I would say I think Skagway, I also just catch a can the the view. But I think Skagway in terms of what we did was definitely the highlight of the trip for me. And the glaciers, I think even if you cut everything else out and you only saw some of the glaciers, that would be an awesome trip to Alaska. So. This wraps up our review of everything, I think, with me, from the service to the food to the entertainment to the places that we went. You just, there's so many things that encompass that entire experience that you just really can't describe what Alaska and specifically how Disney does Alaska until you try it for yourself. Definitely. I highly recommend. Wonderful trip. Definitely recommend a Disney cruise. And it was awesome. And we're thinking about we'd like to go back in a couple of years as well. So it once you get that hook, it, we met multiple f- couples and families and things that had been on the Alaskan cruise to with Disney before. And I think this definitely won't be our last one either. So we'll continue to share some awesome pictures from our trip. And now we're going to wind up with our two-minute trivia and our wisdom from Walt quote. So Chris, you are up with trivia. Well, you you used one of my trivia questions, which was how big is Juno during one of the during our discussion, which is fine. Here's a question for you: True or false? Juno has more than one has been is the only name that Juno's ever had. 
Probably false. That is correct. How many names, technically, has Juno had in its history? I'm going to go with three. You are right. Am I? It was first Juno, then it became Harrisburg, then it was named after a naval lieutenant commander, Charles Rockwell, and then in 1881, they changed the name back, this time to honor Juno again. Oh, that's all. And I was just thinking about like our daughter is from India. And I was thinking about she's from Mumbai, but it was Mumbai, then it was Bombay, then it was Mumbai. So just thinking about how um, a lot of them go back to some of those original names, which is nice to be able to hear. Very awesome. nice. Awesome. So was that, you have any other questions for me or I just stole the other question? You stole the first one. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Well, you I asked you, so it worked out. <laughs> All right. Now, of course, we always end with our wisdom from Walt quote. And I thought this one was just perfect and it fit into what we were talking about. And it's very short. The wonders of nature are endless. And is that not true, especially when you look at the wonders of nature in Alaska? So hopefully one day you and your family can experience the true magic of Alaska in particular, the magic that exists on a Disney cruise to Alaska. And we've heard rumors that one of the new ships in the next couple of years might be going there, but we still had a great time on the Disney Wonder. And a shout out to everyone, the crew on the Wonder, they were amazing. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Diz Love Podcast with Vanessa and Chris. I'm Vanessa. I'm Chris. <laughs> This podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its holdings, and it is intended for entertainment purposes only.